Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we've got Jake Wallace from Brainerd, Minnesota. Uh, Jake is an industry man. He works over at Linder Media. It's his first time on the JMO Podcast. Uh, Jake's a young guy in the industry. He's a hard worker, and he's a he's a multifaceted professional. He does a lot of things over there. Uh, you know, we're working with uh, you know the media production as far as writing articles and editing and YouTube productions and the the, the television production, uh, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Besides the fishing conversation in this interview. You know, listening to Jake's story getting into the industry, I think, could be really uh, inspirational to some young people. But Jake is definitely a passionate angler, and that's what we spend most of our time talking about is the fishing. And Jake is a multi-species guy. He's a multifaceted angler. He's really uh, in the process of nuancing a lot of things, and he has nuanced a lot of things. And we talk about it all. You know, we don't we don't just focus on any one particular thing in this. And, and you know, the, the I think the big picture takeaway for me in this conversation with Jake is just, you know relearning or or learning somebody else's process of learning you know as far as building your skills as an angler sometimes getting away from you know your waypoints getting away from your own home body of water maybe jumping in somebody else's boat or maybe planning a destination fishery for you know a different part of the world uh, a different uh, a different species that you normally don't target just really cleaning the palate and starting back at ground zero to, to figure out or remind yourself what it's like to break down a bite, break down water that, you know, is new to you. And, uh, you know, even if back on your home body of water is really your passion, you, you can you can bring those techniques, bring that strategy back to your home body of water and really be a more effective angler. Maybe see things that you were overlooking before just because, you know, you thought you knew what you knew. And, and uh, you know, those waypoints, those memories are just... It's just too tempting to waste our time on, and uh, you know we're just missing out on some things. So, a conversation with Jake. This is just to me. It's so refreshing. It's so much fun to listen to how Jake is learning and growing as an angler, and all the things that he's doing in the fishing experiences, and just his thought process um, and his style of fishing. And uh, yeah, just a great, really fishy conversation. A lot of stories told here that. Uh, you know, to me, I just get a lot out of it. I get a lot out of talking to new anglers like Jake that obviously have that strong passion and have figured out some things on, uh, you know, being self-reflective and understanding uh, the importance of, uh, you know, being open-minded and learning and then pursuing those opportunities. Anytime that we put ourselves in maybe an outside-the-box uh, situation or uncomfortable, uh, you know, outside our comfort zone kind of a, a fishing experience it's amazing what we can learn as anglers and then our skills in every other department uh, every other fishing skill that we have they they all grow together so that's the big uh, that's the big takeaway for me in this conversation with Jake it's very fun to get to know a new person on the podcast and listen to their stories and uh, just continue down the path that we're all on this journey of getting better at angling so uh, that being said Let's get into it. We've got Jake Wallace, Brainerd, Minnesota. We're talking all things fishing. Let's get to it. This episode of the JMO Podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. In the 2023 fishing season, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge. Now, the process is simple. You're going to catch a variety of fish, take pictures of them, submit those pictures. If you do it all over the course of the season, you're going to win some cool prizes. For full challenge details, head to the link that is in the description of this podcast. That's gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge. 
Lake Oahe continues to be one of the best walleye fishing destinations across the country, especially here in the Midwest. When we look back on on a season, especially in recent years, as to where the biggest walleyes are being produced, Lake Oahe continues to be on that list and will be for years to come. If you're planning a fishing trip to Lake Oahe or you're just planning a family vacation that's going to be in the vicinity of Lake Oahe and you think maybe you got time for a day of fishing, if you've got any questions about lodging or fishing information or a guide service, look at the MoRest Motel or the MoPro Guide Service owned by Brent and Kelly Chemnitz in Mobridge, South Dakota. For more information, get in touch with Brent and Kelly at 605-845-3668 or look up what they offer online. That's OahiWalleyes.com. Link is in the description of this podcast. Now let's get into the interview. Where are you from? Where did you cut your teeth in fishing? Who introduced you to fishing? Who were some of your mentors? What are just, what are just uh, you know some of the things that we should know if we're going to get to know, you know Jake Wallace, the passionate angler. I guess I mean as basically as as soon as I could walk, you know my dad uh, had me fishing off the dock, um, so started super young. Dad and uncle are kind of the two guys I looked up to. Um, as far as angling goes. And then, uh, as a kid growing up, I grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, so I fished a lot, a lot of the lakes around there. Um, you know, every day after school or during the summer, my mom would uh, drop me off at nine mile Creek and me and my buddies would go down and fish for carp with oatmeal or throw for spinnerbaits for pike or, you know, just do whatever. Um, so really spent a ton of time on the water. And then, uh, in the summer months on a lot of the weekends too, I'd, uh, come up with my family to my grandparents have a family cabin uh by cross lake so i spent a lot of time fishing there and uh, really you know kind of gained uh interest and and grew the passion through my uh dad and uncle because they were both you know two good anglers they loved to fish and they kind of got me into it so and then two had my brothers tag along with me that's kind of how it started and i've just taken off other ever since so you're an industry man now you've been exposed to you know a higher level of fishing Looking back, like, when did that start for you? Like, when did it turn from, like, you know, being a young boy's passion to just get out and catch carp with oatmeal to, like, being a nuanced angler? Like, where, what do you feel like, you know, uh, like, like, was your dad, like, a, you know, a pretty nuancey guy? Did you guys, uh, you know, w- w- were tournaments or derby fishing a thing for you? Or, like, where did, like, the next level of things, where did the nuance of angling really enter your career? So I guess it probably started, um, well, a couple things. The first, there was a book, I think it was by Vic Dunway, and it was Freshwater Fish of America. And I would just read that up and down, studied that. Like, my goal was to catch every fish in that book at some point. Um, now, my dad and uncle were big walleye guys, so that's kind of where I got started with, okay, we're just catching fish, you know, go out and catch crappies off the dock. To, uh, that next level of okay how are we going to go out catch walleyes find them you know we particularly fished the whitefish chain a lot um growing up just because it was so close to the family cabin so just kind of learning that from them really understanding how to look for fish and find fish was kind of the first taste in it i suppose um and then with that book was kind of the desire to okay diversify all right now that i know how to catch walleyes from them how let's read what I can on here, 
search the internet, how can I go catch flathead catfish on the Minnesota river? Or how can I go catch whitefish in the summer? Um, and just kind of take that step by step. And then, uh, you know, obviously getting the job at lenders, that was, I mean, the jump from what I could do to myself to just being able to learn from them was significant. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much knowledge they have in that building. Um, from everything from fishing, hunting, foraging, I mean, you name it outdoors, there's someone in the office that is an expert in that field. So uh, being able to pick their brain and, and learn from those guys has just been huge, huge for my angling, you know, career. Tell me about, you know, you know, kind of where you, what the series of events were for you to decide that you were going to pursue a career in the industry or did they just pick you off off the side of the road kind of a deal? Like, like talk about entering the industry professionally and kind of get me up to speed, you know, to where you're at today. For sure. For sure. So, uh, got to give all the credit to Jeff Simpson. So my junior year of college, I was, uh, had the opportunity to do an summer internship at InFisherman at the time. So it was a web internship. Um, I kind of did SEO stuff for him and then uh, loved it. You know, I'd always wanted to be in the fishing industry. It was a great opportunity. Jeff's a great dude, great to work with. And then I think it was during, it was maybe during COVID or right after COVID, Jeff ended up switching from InFisherman to Linders. And uh, there was a job opportunity available for a similar role a digital editor at dangling buzz so that's uh kind of how i got in he reached out to me and i jumped on it i mean it was a it was always a dream you know to be in the fishing industry especially being a young kid always loving it so it's uh it's really been a dream come true yeah that's kind of how i got in yeah i mean you said you you had the opportunity like like did you just like actively pursue in fisherman as a as an internship was like, like like were you just like you know you know up until your junior year how did that go so how it happened is my uncle went to school with jeff um at south dakota state university he let me know i think it was it was through facebook somehow so i can't remember exactly how it went down but uh if i messaged jeff or if he messaged me um Basically, when I was like, hey, there's this opportunity, are you interested? And, uh, you know, just uh, just jumped on it. So I'm not, I can't remember exactly how it was, but basically, yeah, ended up Facebooking each other and, and kind of went from there. So what what do you do today? Like, what is your job and your position today? Let's just kind of break that down so that we can kind of wrap up getting to know you and who you are right now or, or you know, who you are in the industry and kind of the position that you have the space that you encompass in the industry and then we'll move on to some fishing stuff for sure so uh, I'm a digital editor for Linder Media Productions and I work on the Angling Buzz website doing uh, articles uh, SEO work uh, reports stuff like that on there and then I will uh, I host the Angling Buzz Ice uh, show which is a YouTube series on Angling Buzz Ice Fishing and then uh, I'll do some angling edge appearances. So fishing with those guys, that's primarily uh, what I do there. So I guess I have to ask, and then that, that this is going to be how we do the rest of this unscripted interview here. But I have to ask, like, 
what would you say is your specialty in fishing? Like what what Ooh. what is your wheelhouse of fishing? Like if you were if someone was to, you know, come to you and and ask you about, you know, fishing questions, what do you feel the most um inspired about or nuanced with or like what are what's your jam? Like who are you as an okay. angler? Okay. Um well, I would definitely define myself as a multi-species guy. Um I'm not particularly great at anything, but I'm, I've done most of them, right? I'm uh, like fishing for trout. If I had to pick one, it would probably be trout, um, steelhead, and then stream trout out west too. Um, but, you know, I, I love chasing everything, whether it's dogfish, you know, carp, walleye, smallmouth bass, um, you name it, I like to go catch it. Um, so that's kind of... But if, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably say trout would be my favorite and kind of what I lean towards and knowing the most of. Do you feel like, like, like why do you feel like that is? I mean, I, I, I'm i a multi-species guy too. And I feel like some days I try to be a real technical angler and I really enjoy knowing a whole bunch about, you know, what I'm doing. I'm trying to be super nuanced, but sometimes I just like junk fishing. I just like going out and just catch, figuring out what's biting that day. I'm going to fish 10 spots and I'm, you know, people like, what are you fishing for? Well, I'm just fishing for bites and I'm not nearly as technical or strategic about my day. Like, how would you describe yourself? You feel like a pretty technical guy when you're a multi-species guy. Do you still go out that morning looking for a specific species and you, you kind of got some details figured out or, or, you know, or, or do you feel more like the latter? I mean, tell me a little bit about yourself kind of reflecting on yourself more. I would, Definitely say, yeah, more technical. Um, I would say the multi-species kind of comes from uh, the drive of wanting to know, like, let me give an example. So uh, whitefish, I'd never, never caught one before. I'd read about them. Uh, I'm like, okay, how do how, I mean, I know guys catch them through the ice, but how do you catch them in open water? So I kind of dedicated like three weeks to figuring out how I'm going to catch whitefish on the bodies of water I fish. Um, in like July and August. Um, so I just will just kind of, that's kind of what I'll do. I'll just like pick a, a certain thing, whether it's just, you know, a standard, like, you know, I right, let's go figure out this particular lake for largemouth bass. Or if I want to get real, you know, into them, like how am I going to use a number seven jigging wrap to target white fish in 40 to 60 feet of water? What's the most effective way? Um, so yeah, it kind of depends. I can be both, but, uh, yeah, it was really that drive to kind of figure out how to catch each individual, each individual species that kind of led me to being a decent multi-species angler. Um, so yeah, I guess to short answer the question, yes, I like to be technical and really, you know, if I can, yeah, if I can figure out how to catch them this way, you know, go out with a plan, like, Hey, I want to catch, you know, smallmouth bass on top water today over reeds. How am I going to do it? That's kind of, kind of using my plan but you know you get out there you never know what the lake's gonna offer up if that's not happening i'm i'm quick to switch so right if, on, I, if I, I see something's good i'll, I'll switch quick yeah man i mean you kind of had some examples there and i like them i like you know that that white fish reference but like what would be some stories well look at like the last five years four years you know even a couple years of your you know career as an angler what are some of your favorite wins? Like what have been some, what have been some of those fist pumping moments or, or just like whether it was a presentation, a pattern, 
you know, a species that you did, you know, something around home there, uh, uh, you know, in Brainerd where you're at, like, like what have been some of those in the last couple of years, some of those things that you feel like you've nuanced are just a really cool fishing story, you know, revolving around some learning, revolving around something that you, so, you know, where you grew as an angler and you were excited to get to work and tell everybody about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got two to come in mind or come that come to mind. The first would probably be that whitefish one. Um, so this was probably like seven, eight years ago. Um, really there's, I mean, there was nothing on them online as far as YouTube goes. There was some like ice fishing, you know, out in uh, Green Bay a little bit, but as far as like open water, how to catch them, you know, what they eat. Like, I mean, it was just really limited to, you know, a, a few books that I read basically that, you know, downward facing mouth a minnow, you know, salmonoid species, didn't know anything about them. So I was super interested in them. Um, I remember first going out and I was like, okay, well, they got a small mouth. I'll try like, uh, I think it was like, it was, it's the smallest size vibrato, um, which is like a little, it's kind of like a blade bait. Um, it's got two trebles on each side. And I was like, I'll just go out. I know they like they're cold water species. So they got to be probably deeper than 30 feet would be my guess, but I didn't really know a whole lot about them other than that. And, uh, I just went through like, okay, going through marking them. Okay. Are these, these whitefish or these walleyes are these whitefish or these two will be trying to figure out that whole process. And then kind of from the starting bit I started out at was the, you know, real small broad vibrato to figuring out all oh, these things will eat like, you know, number seven jigging wraps, like nothing. Um, so then eventually switching from that and that whole process of learning, you know, going out, not knowing a single thing about them. Now to today, fast forward, I can go out and I'm very confident, you know, 90% confident I could go to most lakes that have them and uh, catch white fish in, you know, 45 minutes or so. I can go find one. What would you say? What What is that recipe for success? So it's uh, 40 to maybe 70 feet. You're looking for, it's, it's, it's very similar to walleye stuff. So you'd want, you know, main lake points, saddle systems, humps, stuff like that. Um, they're going to mark like walleyes. And uh, typically, I mean, I just use a number seven jigging wrap. Kind of sounds the best bait that you can do. It bombs down there. They have no issue eating it, even with their small mills. A lot of those bigger whitefish, too, are eating minnows and, and some perch, too, even. Um, so using that and then... I just fish them, basically I sharpshoot them uh, with 2D sonar. So this was before forward-facing sonar, before all that. It was just straight 2D. I'd drive over them, mark them, and then vertically sharpshoot them. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of cat and mouse. You know, they'll, they'll come up, dart after it, go back down, dart after it, similar to a lake trout. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real fun deal. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, the recipe. It's fairly easy. Yeah, Especially to once you find them, you'll, you, you know, there's, there's typically in big schools. Um, and, and one thing I should note too, is I tend to fish for those fish that are suspended. The ones that are on the bottom typically are harder to get to go. Those suspended ones, usually it's if, if you're, you'll be 20 halfway down and they're, they're already coming up for it. So they can see they got good eyes. So that's kind of, kind of what I look for. Lake Oahe continues to be one of the best walleye fishing destinations across the country, especially here in the Midwest. When we look back on on a season, especially in recent years, 
as to where the biggest walleyes are being produced, Lake Oahe continues to be on that list and will be for years to come. If you're planning a fishing trip to Lake Oahe or you're just planning a family vacation that's going to be in the vicinity of Lake Oahe and you think maybe you got time for a day of fishing, if you've got any questions about lodging or fishing information or a guide service, Look at the MoRest Motel or the MoPro Guide Service owned by Brent and Kelly Chemnitz in MoBridge, South Dakota. For more information, get in touch with Brent and Kelly at 605-845-3668 or look up what they offer online. That's OahiWalleyes.com. Link is in the description of this podcast. Every opportunity that we have to go out on the water fishing is a chance to make a memory. It's a chance to learn and grow as an angler. Ultimately, These are our fishing adventures. Now, if you want to take your fishing adventures to the next level, in 2023, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge. Now, the process to complete this challenge is simple. You catch a bluegill, a walleye, a bass, and a trout. Take pictures of each of those species and submit the entry to the North Dakota Game and Fish website. The link is in the description. Anglers that complete the challenge will receive a decal that they can proudly display, which obviously would look excellent on a cooler or a tackle box or a water bottle, anywhere that people can see it and you can brag about it. For full challenge details, again, visit the link that is in the description of this podcast. That's gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge. I think that a story like that, regardless of the species, isn't it crazy how you can go from, you know, not knowing anything about a species or, or, or what it is that you're trying to achieve? Like when you start at the beginning of it, it almost seems like a mountain to climb and you're 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 totally uncertain if it can be done or, you know, just if you got the right strategy, if you're you know the right starting point. And then when you look back and you kind of have it figured out it can be such a simple story. It can be so, so it, it, it just becomes so simplified once you unlock, you know, at least some yeah. level of the code. It's so crazy that way. Yeah. Once you start figuring out some of the pieces, it really falls together. But I will say that, you know, first week of trying, it was a lot of, a lot of failing, a lot of going home, not, not even getting bit. So, uh, you just, but you know, doing that thing, those kind of things, you just can't be afraid to fail. Right. I mean, it's, you learn so much when you do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, when one day I spent a lot of time in like 20 to 30 and I found out there's there's not a lot of whitefish in that zone uh, midsummer. They just they need to be colder. They need to do that, that colder, deeper water. That's where they like to hang out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just with every every failure, failure, you're going to learn something. So it's uh, it really is cool. How often did you catch a non-target species in that process? Like when you were fishing deep like that, were you catching anything else ever? So, um the weirdest thing I probably caught deep was I caught a white sucker, probably like a four pounder. It was real big, uh, in like 50 feet of water. Um, but typically it was cause once you learn, like once I learned what I was looking for, like pertaining to the marks, um, on 2d and like, okay, that's like, that's for sure a white fish out suspended. Um, typically it was always white fish. I ran into a few walleyes. Um, a few pike, but those were always, almost always close to the structure. Um, and you know, in that 25 to 35 foot range, right. As soon as I kind of slid deeper, it typically was just white fish. Right on. Yeah. The, uh, the other one where you just like, just, uh, 
learning. It was, uh, it wasn't really a species. It was just picking up fly fishing. Um, I had a real interest in that. I'd never done it. Um, and so there was a lot of, a lot of fa failures along the way, but, uh, once I learned how to, you know, cast effectively, okay, then I could go out and catch trout. But then once you do that, you got to learn but what really interests me about fly fishing and, and stream trout in particular is how, how many different things they're eating at once. Um, right in, in any particular, you know, river system, there could be four or five different bugs hatching at the same time. Each bug's got three different stages from nymphs to emergers to then, you know, the bug you and I see flying around. Um, so right there's 15 different flies and we're just talking about insects. We're not talking about minnows. We're not talking about skull fins. We're not talking about crayfish, all sorts of other things that these fish are eating. So it's, it was a real, uh, it was really interesting. It's a real cool learning process, picking up fly fishing and learning how to kind of understand what fish are feeding on and why they're feeding on it and what, how water temp affects that um, and stuff like that. So that's been another big thing. And I would like to recommend anyone who hasn't gone fly fishing or, or done a trip out West that you definitely should. It's, it's fairly simple and uh, you'll learn a ton, a ton of valuable information that you can bring back and, utilize out on your lakes here what are some examples of things that you've learned through these processes of nuancing new things that sort of taught you more uh about you know, all fishing like every opportunity that you think like it just levels you up and you're just where you realize you just learned something that's going to help you in fly fishing but what you learn is going to help you with all your fishing, like anything oh. like that, you know? Oh, all, all the time, all the time, always learning. You always got to be learning the, uh, like for an example, it might not necessarily be like the fishing, but like, say when you're out fly fishing, um, you're understanding like reading water is a really big one, right? Understanding why fish are sitting in certain positions, right? They're either getting a break from the current or that there's food coming down. Um, that, that particular uh, channel or what, whatever it may be. Um, understanding how to read water was a real big one, and that's something that can correlate to, I mean, any type of river fishing or any moving water, um, you know, from river smallmouth to because to, they'll sit in similar spots, even going to catch as far as catching bait, right? Going down and catching minnows from a creek, understanding, okay, why are the minnows sitting here? It's probably the same reason that the trout over in Montana are sitting in a similar kind of area, right? There's food here. There's a current break. Oh, there's overhead shade. Um, you know, a number of different factors, whatever it could be. Um, that's, that's a real big one. Understanding and, and learning how to, you know, read water can translate from all different types of fishing. Um, and I mean, there's a bunch of different examples like that too. Cause you, I mean, every type of fishing has a similar, um, like there's, there's similar things, right? The main goal is go out and catch a fish, right? So there's things that you can pull from different types, like, right? Great Lakes, uh, steelheading. The, the reason we're successful is we've taken, I have a few buddies that I like to go steelheading with. We've taken local knowledge combined with delicate presentations of fly fishing and then combine that with like modern day spinning gear and then we've we've used all those in combination to understand okay we're getting our rods in in certain spots we're we'll able to cast our baits in certain areas with spinning gear 
where we have light line. We're using lighter line than most people, smaller presentations like you would fly fishing. And, uh, and then the understanding, you know, combination of reed and water. Oh, this is why fish are here. You know, when you put all those things together, no matter where you go, that's, that's how you catch fish. And so if you're able to take that, I mean, it's a little piece of knowledge every time you can go out, that's, that's a win. Totally, man. Do you, do you feel like you're a more, you're more into like finesse type of, you know, strategy, tactics, uh, uh, presentations, or are you more of a power fisherman or do you feel like you're pretty balanced in both ways? I would, it's, uh, I would say probably 50, 50, you know, I like to fly fish as much as I like to go, you know, frogging for largies, right. It's really, it really depends on the time of year where I'm at, but, uh, you know, I take the, you know, great pride in being able to do both and be like, Oh, you know what? Uh, I heard that the fish are really biting down here. Let's go try to catch them. Right. Let's go do that. And instead of just focusing on one particular thing constantly, I like to really branch out. So do you feel like you've always been that way or have you kind of had to learn one side of that coin more or harder than the other? Uh, you know, I would say generally I was always that way. Um, like I said earlier, you know, my dad and uncle really liked to walleye fish, which was fun, right? I liked that, but over time I was like, okay, walleyes are cool. Walleyes are cool, but let's, let's see what else is out there, right? If I wanted to branch out, let's, let's see carp, you know, another example. Very few people target them. Um, I don't know why they're, they're awesome, right? They, they, they fight so hard. I mean, they're, they're, they're an awesome fish to target, but uh, again, didn't know a lot about them. Let's go out and try that. Failed a bunch, but once you know you put enough pieces together, after failing enough times, you end up figuring out, oh, this works, this works, and this works, and then you can just go repeat that, and that's kind of what I've done throughout my career. Yeah, no, I think that's good stuff because I I think a lot of that stuff isn't easy for the average guy. It, it I mean, and I'm the average guy. Like I I represent the amateurs, amateur. Like I go through totally go through streaks um you know where i'm way too focused on one thing or i'm just hyper focused on one type of learning curve and i can't get out of that rut you know it kind of becomes it, it goes from being like a passion and like a really cool thing that drives me but then it becomes my rut that i can't get out of you know and then and then i'm just too much into one thing or one opportunity or whether it's a presentation whether it's a pattern whether it's you know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm trying to learn or accomplish. And then, you know, but then, then I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, if I get, if I go out to do something totally different every single time, whether it's a species or the type of lake, then, you know, then it's like, uh, then maybe I'm not given enough love to any one particular thing. So it's definitely a balance. And it's like, there's a lot of push and pull mentally, I think on the average angler to just be I, multifaceted like that. hundred percent agree. There is, you know, there's definitely times where I'm like, you know what? I, let's just let's just go catch some crappies where we know we're going to catch them, right? That kind of deal. Yeah. Um, absolutely, I'm 100% there with you on that too. But uh, I, I would say more times than not, though, I really do try to, you know, go out and learn something new. It's kind of the goal um, every time I step on the water. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What uh, – this is one – I mean, we, we still got, like, all kinds of time here. Um well, it doesn't really matter the time. We can do whatever we want with time. But that being said, um, you know, we got all kinds of time. So in case this ends up being a long talker, 
you know, you're an industry guy. You you send and receive emails. You know, you're involved uh, with all that the the content over there. Uh, you know, at work. What are what are some of the more interesting or just more common questions you feel like you're constantly getting or, you know, receiving and everybody over there is talking about, like, what are some of the topics that you feel like are buzzing in the industry that you're constantly answering, right? You know, these days or things that you think are really interesting or just something that we should talk about. Yeah. Well, the buzz right now is, and has been for, I don't know, a year or two for sure is forward facing sonar. That is yeah, that is what people are talking about. It is, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's an unbelievable tool for uh, for finding and catching fish, any species. And, and there's there's so much too. People have been able to learn from it now, from you know finding suspended fish or finding open water fish like muskies in particular, um, but walleyes and bass too. I mean, it's it is that's that's the that's the big buzz right now. What's your relationship as an angler? Like, what's your relationship with it? Do you have it in your boat? What are some things that you're learning from it or taking away from it? Or are you going to stay away from it, um, you know, just because you're comfortable without it? Like, what's your relationship personally as an angler with forward sonar? So definitely have used it way more uh, on hard water ice fishing. Without a question. Um for all different types of fish from panfish to walleye to pike. Um, use it a bunch there starting to use it more open water. Um, but, uh, still fairly new to it. Um, you know, as a lot of us are, but, uh, I, I would say, yeah, primarily most of my stuff I've done with it has been ice fishing and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite the technology. That's, that's all I'll say. Do you feel like like open water, you know, you maybe use it less personally, but do you feel like, you know, all these discussions that are happening, like, have, do you feel like you've picked up on some things or you're sort of keying in on, you know, some of the discussions or some of the learnings or some of the ideas that are being had, you know, by and maybe other people, maybe, maybe, you know, even without it yourself or maybe not using it a ton yourself? Are you Do you feel like you're adopting anything yet to this point as far as, you know, what we might be learning from it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I'll, I should say, so I've used it open water and I anticipate I'll be using it more as the summer goes forward, just because those fish, you know, in the spring, they're pretty predictable, you know, you know where they're going to be. They're going to be shallow, right? Whether you're targeting panfish, walleyes, whatever. Um, now as those fish are moving, transitioning to their, you know, midsummer patterns, moving out, the deep weed line stuff like that i'm sure i'll be using it a lot more as far as the learning goes i mean it's just to me there's been two things that have really stuck out when i have used it it's how many fish come up and look at your bait and don't eat it oh yeah it just blows your mind i mean it's just unbelievable i mean even uh on sunday i was uh throwing uh slip bobbers with leeches with my dad um for walleyes I, I, and again i don't know what all the fish were could have been bluegills could have been pike swimming through bass coming up walleyes but it was unbelievable how many fish came up looked at that bait went down right it's probably one out of every 10 would bite it before you know it is it was it's crazy so that was a big one learning how many fish actually see your bait and aren't interested and then the second would be um just some places that you would never think fish would be 
that the, the you you're you know scanning with forward facing sonar, and sure enough, there they are. Whether it's uh, you know open water in particular has been a big one. It's just like didn't know that you know those fish fish are out there for that long, or or they're up up in the water column that high. Stuff like that's really been eye opening. I agree with that a hundred percent. Like I, I think that. I think we're just barely cracking the surface on maybe on some monumental type of of uh, learning when it comes to fish, like all kind of species. But like you said, like there's been some aha moments to a lot of and you know anglers in the industry that have been fishing for a very very long time that are definitely the you know the leaders in our industry that are you know just openly learning with this stuff and and uh, I think that sets a great example, right? Like anglers that are just like top-notch leading the industry that are still open to learning these things um you know i think that's what makes a good angler for sure but like you said like i don't think that our brains are expanded i I don't think we realize the horizon is as big as it is uh you know as to like where we could be looking for fish that we're after yeah it's 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 amazing how how much of the lake they're using and how fast they move and how fast they go up and down in the water. I mean, it's, yeah, they are, there's so much that we're just learning day by day as we just use it more and more. It's we're in the fishing revolution right now. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a good time to be in fishing. I think, I think it's as good a time as it's ever been to be in fishing because we're realizing, we're realizing more fishing opportunities uh, at a faster rate than, you know, then we're adding anglers to the, you know, to, to, uh, uh, participation in all honesty, like yep. even on the same lake on the, you know, think, think of a lake that is just like total communal lake or a destination fishery that, you know, everybody complains about how many boats are on every single point and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, on real busy lakes, maybe it's Metro lakes or whatever. And, but then you look out on it and the boats are only utilizing like 20% of the water. I think, you know, the old Absolutely. adage, the old adage that, you know, 80 to 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water. I think that that, I don't know. I think we have to reevaluate that. I think we have to restructure that line of thinking because I think like 90% of the fish are using whatever uh, part of the water body they want. hundred <laughs> percent agree. And it also too, now that I've really spent some time watching fish and how they move, it wouldn't surprise me if there were fish on one side of the lake and then an hour later, they were on the other. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that stuff's really cool and inspirational. I love having those conversations too, but it does, you know, like you said, it's a buzzword forward sonar is a buzzword and it's not the exact same buzzword for everybody. And in some cases, you know, people are just kind of a little bit leery or, you know, or, or, you know, maybe they're not totally ready to buy into it being a good thing or whatever it is, you know, all that aside, uh, I love the learning. I'm here for the learning. I'm here for yep. I'm here for the information and I just the more I know or the more I, you know, the more we learn, probably the less we know, right? We realize just how crazy some of this stuff is and then, you know, you answer one question and and uh, it, it creates four more. That that's the fun part of angling though. That's what I'm here for is uh, you know, the discussions and trying to break all this stuff down and uh and maybe get a little bit better or be a little bit more effective or be a little bit more dangerous to a big fish the next time we go out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, that forward sonar stuff is, uh, that's pretty interesting to me. I definitely am excited. I'm excited 
you know, to get out and use it and learn from it myself as well. But yeah, the industry, the questions are, that come in, I, I would have to say that that's got to top the list of, uh, Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's right now. It's, it's most, most questions are forward facing sonar. Yeah. Some positive, some negative, but I guess just comes with the territory, I suppose. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Well, we're doing so good on time, man. What, what would be a good closer? What would be a fun fishing conversation or maybe a story Ooh. to tell or like what's what what do you got coming up what, what what kind of plans do you have for the rest of the summer what is something that you're working on currently right now that you are willing to divulge like 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 what's your fishing personal fishing project that's going on right now in your brain keeps you awake at night you're studying lake so, maps what are you after these days i got there's two one's a trip and one's a fish so the first is the fish i am currently working on trying to figure out how to catch a big mouth buffalo oh yeah um so there's a few bodies of water that i'm uh that i live by that are just loaded with giant big mouth buffalo i cannot figure out how to catch them right now um so i'm working on some maybe some fly patterns uh, i've tried like uh uh just a plain hook with a worm like dangled like six feet uh, or six inches under the water. I've, I've been trying a, a bunch of different things right now, trying to figure out how, cause I mean, they have to be catchable at some point. Oh, um, yeah. So, so trying to figure that out, it's been kind of the, it's honestly, it's been stumping me for a few years. So it's been, uh, this, is, this, is, this one's taking a little bit longer to crack, but we'll get there. And then uh, the second thing I'm really looking forward to is I got a uh, trip out West um, going to Missoula, Montana, and I've been going on a road trip for the I think it's last six or seven, six or seven years. Um, out west, fly fishing um, with family and friends. So, yeah, going uh, going out that way, taking a week, and just going to be fishing along the way. We're going to go through the Badlands, and then I think we might come up through Bozeman, fish the Gallatin, and then fish the uh, the Big Four over in Missoula. So, looking forward to that. I think that like traveling to fish, you know, which kind of ties into, and you know, we've been sort of hearing that in this whole conversation that, you know, you, you've always been willing to travel to fish. How would you articulate like traveling or destination fishing, uh, you know, contributing to you as an angler and just nuancing new stuff? Yeah. So I would say on those trips out West, you learn more um, just about fishing in general you know, just like basics, kind of fundamentals. Um, again, reading water is a real big one. Um, but on those trips out West than you would in like a month, um, on your just, at least for me, uh, that you would on just like my home body of water, right? There's just, it's so different. You have to, you know, everything out there is like, okay, it's, it's fast water. It's, it's big rocks. It's what they're eating. I mean, everything's different. And then being able to bring that back is like such, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. If you, if, if anyone has the opportunity to, you know, whether it is fly fishing or just fishing the lakes out there, the lakes out there are so different even. Um, definitely, definitely take the opportunity to do that. Um, because yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how much you can learn out there and even just stopping in when we're not fishing it, you know, we're going through a town and there's like a, a local fly shop right or a tackle store just walking in there and just shooting the breeze and talking with the uh you know whoever's working the cash register or the owner whoever it may be and just kind of like oh hey what you know what what's biting around here what 
what uh, what are people catching how are they catching um you know you can learn yeah learn so much information you can bring back home oh so yeah it's it, like you we got to get away from our waypoints i think that that's true like i i think that that's like a that's like a like a like a almost like a it's like a tangible thing that if you know if you're an angler that is maybe just stuck or you've kind of plateaued and, and and that could be a good angler. That could be a stud angler that, you know, maybe fishes derbies in and around your home area. But, you, you know, you're, you're a top 10 kind of guy, but you've never won. You know, you're just trying to yep. figure out what's missing. Like, you know, planning like a destination fishing trip that gets you far away from your waypoints or far away from the things that we think we know. And it reteaches you how to learn from the ground up what a what bite is going on you know like 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 being like a fly angler that goes out west and you you, you're stream trout fishing where you have to i you know you have to collect maybe some insects you got to get in the river and sort of start figuring out what the forage base is first and then you've got to teach yourself all that like you're learning from the ground up and then you take that process you take that really fun nuancing process and you come back to your home body of water with a fresh set of eyes and then pretend like it's a body of water that you've never fished before which is easier to do because you just did that or you just you know you, you reflect on those destination fishing trips that 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 reteach you or sort of like revigorate inside of us like our brains and our strategies of like how to how to break down a bite from the ground up absolutely you do that on your home body of water and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh I can't believe I missed this before or I was just so focused on what I thought I knew that I was missing uh in you know uh, uh, this this a spot that was holding a you know forage or holding perch or the you know this back bay that I've just never been back in because I just you know you you just the, the the light gets shined on things that were dark before you know and and it's like i think that's a huge deal i think that's a huge deal about the whole process you know not to mention the fun times and memories you're going to have going on a destination fishing trip with your buddies like that that's sort of like you can read the brochure everybody knows they're probably gonna have a good time on those trips but what it does for you as an angler i think is you know like on this show i like being able to sort of press that button or sort of articulate that a little bit because i think that for multifaceted anglers like yourself you're a multi-species guy but you're really like a you know it's almost like multifaceted is probably a better way to put it because you know you've kind of got that balance of finesse power fishing sort of figured out through a process of trying to catch species that are either easier to catch but you're trying to do it maybe the hard way um because you like the learning of it or you choose a species that's hard to catch um, because of the learning of it and um, and then you, you just grow every category of your skills you know every skill that you have grows at the same time you know every time that you pick something up every time you go out and that combination of you know fishing out your back door there in Brainerd where you've got lakes all over the place um, and opportunities all over the place but then still you know going on those destinations and just constantly learning man you're a young man you do a lot of fishing you do a lot for the fishing industry where you're at and uh yeah hopefully you uh hopefully you're not anywhere near burnt out hopefully you stick around a long time and you keep grinding and uh and we keep seeing your stuff because i don't know i i think it's cool man i think it's cool and i'm glad that we were able to do this but we're doing really good for time so unless something is like really just like hanging on your mind that you got to get off your chest i feel like we've had a great fishing conversation here and i'm really excited about it and uh 
you know, and, and, and if nothing else, just promote yourself and some of your content and where people might be able to find you if they ever had a question for you. Yeah, no, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, if you ever, anglingbuzz.com, Linder's Angling Ledge, check them out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Thanks. This has been awesome. I appreciate it. All right, man. I appreciate it, Jake. I'll let you back to it. All right. Thanks again, Taylor. Later, man. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish. In the 2023 fishing season, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge, a challenge to catch a multi-species bluegill, walleye, bass, and trout. Take a picture of each of those species and enter to the Game and Fish website, gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge. That link is in the description if you didn't catch all that. Anglers that complete the challenge are going to win a decal and a bunch of bragging rights. The decal they can display anywhere that they want to proudly. Obviously, it would look fantastic on tackle boxes, coolers, water bottles, lunchbox, and bait bucket. Anything that uh, people are going to see so that they can brag about it. Again, the link is in the description of this podcast. Lake Oahe continues to be one of the best walleye fishing destinations across the country especially here in the Midwest. When we look back on on a season, especially in recent years, as to where the biggest walleyes are being produced, Lake Oahe continues to be on that list and will be for years to come. If you're planning a fishing trip to Lake Oahe or you're just planning a family vacation that's going to be in the vicinity of Lake Oahe and you think maybe you got time for a day of fishing, if you've got any questions about lodging or fishing information or a guide service, Look at the MoRest Motel or the MoPro Guide Service owned by Brenton Kelly Chemnitz in MoBridge, South Dakota. For more information, get in touch with Brenton Kelly at 605-845-3668 or look up what they offer online. That's OahiWalleyes.com. Link is in the description of this podcast.